The prodigal child has returned. Welcome back. Thank you. Also, I'm drinking homemade kombucha. Ooh. Blueberry, lavender, and mint. That's so good. My only experience with kombucha was once after camp. We were having our education team meeting, and Emily like brought her kombucha. And I was like, oh, I've never tried kombucha. She, and her, Claire, and Joanne all like looked at each other, and they're like, try it. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. It's a mean trick. Uh- <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Hey, Aaron. How how are you, buddy? Oh, you know, uh, just uh, trekking the good old long trek. Yep, keep it on, keep it on, <laughs> as one might say. I was trying to think of a saying that was kind of like, oh, you know, like hidden the old dusty trail, but to mean, oh, you know, I'm still fucking slogging through life <laughs> in a poetic way, <laughs> and I just came short. So that's what we've got. I think what instead we should do is rewrite the wicked song dancing through life to slogging through life (laughs) 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 because that's how it feels right now it's just very very sort of like gen z millennial like nihilist absurdist humor just like (laughs) slogging through life (laughs) christian chenoweth if you're interested please you can find us at the ficklist on twitter (laughs) we have an email account that you could reach out to us to if you didn't want to go the public (laughs) route the ficklist at gmail.com everyone tweet christian chenoweth and let her know we're interested in collaborating yeah for sure this also is a fun segue into one of our fix for this episode lolol <laughs> we're so good at transitions i know so good transitions so yeah so that's a really great segue for <laughs> uh one of the fix that we are reading for today's au tag alan <laughs> What is, yes, Erin. What is our AU for today? Oh, you know, uh, I think we might have been hungry when we were deciding and we were like, you know what would be great? Some pizza. And then <laughs> the pizza boy came and he was hot. And that's about it. And then we we're like, oh, hey, let's let's make an, a pizza boy AU. What a lovely, completely false narrative for how we came up with this tag. <laughs> it is a lie. There was no pizza boy. We are in separate locations. <laughs> this is accurate. My pizza boy is now very much a pizza man who's like in his 60s. Lovely gentleman. but <laughs> Yeah, not the same. Um, the real story behind this is actually kind of cool. We have a thick wreck Google form through which y'all are welcome to submit recommendations for us to read fanfics. And um, my friend Caitlin, who is our one and true oldest, truest fan, um, is so far the only person to have taken advantage of this particular <laughs> form, which tracks for us. But she... This one's for you, Caitlin. Yeah, this is for you, Caitlin. This is also a surprise. So like, hi, happy quarantine. Um, <laughs> she sent this fic that was a pizza boy fic and therefore we now needed to do a pizza boy au episode for her so we could like talk about this fic we'll get to that i think we should save that one for the end just to like oh absolutely give Caitlin, like a small heart attack but um yeah a thousand percent so in the meantime we should talk about the fics that we sent each other that we chose yeah so i think we should launch into them but first aaron i i want to know what do you look for in a good pizza pizza boy au i don't because i've never read this au before <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? This is like Caitlin's favorite AU. Like, what is this? But I think what, the more I think about it, it's like an opportunity to be like a little bit of crack taken kind of seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of fun. Like, it's just a very stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my like, God. In the sense of just like the potential for it to get really silly, really fast is high, which is kind of fun. And that's the very opposite from the usual, like, dark, grim nonsense (laughs) I usually go for. So uh, having the opportunity to sort of delve into some just kind of uh, silly things was fun. And I think there is, it's kind of like coffee shops with the chance encounter possibilities. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of nice where, you know, there's a potential for just two people happening across each other's particular scenario and hitting it off. That said, as a former um, Chinese food delivery girl, I do not necessarily approve of hitting on service workers because (laughs) their tips often depend on being nice to you. So, like, I wouldn't take Pizza Boy Aus as um, instruction manuals for how to get a significant other um, because (laughs) service workers deserve safe workplace environments free from harassment. Um, But... 
Yeah, I mean, other than that particular concern, like, <laughs> this is just kind of a silly fun thing. Had you had you read them before? Was that a thing that you liked or no? No. First of all, I need to say I did not know you were a Chinese food delivery girl, and I feel cheated. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel so lied to. So the short to. version of that story is that I used to work at a hibachi slash Chinese restaurant for, like, six years through the end of high school and all through college. Um, and I was front of house, which really meant I just did anything my boss told me to do. <laughs> that was it. So I had a car. So they were like, all right, well, when we're slammed, we're going to send you out on delivery. Right. Mostly I was a hostess and bartender, but I did occasionally do deliveries. Ah, interesting. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. I had not ever read any Pizza Boy Aus. Because to me, it was always the Pizza Boy trope has always been very much like a porn thing. Oh. You know, yeah. like that's where it lived for me and not that i've ever seen i'm trying to think back i don't know that i've ever seen pizza boy we're we're (laughs) learning something about alan in this episode (laughs) (laughs) that's why i was so like interested when you when you started off like oh yeah it's like it's like a silly like au i was like oh my first thought was like smut alan sweetie it's like smut adjacent don't forget who you're talking to (laughs) my asexual ass still thinks netflix and chill means cuddling on the couch okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was gonna be a question that i was that i was grappling with i was like is it is it like insensitive of me to ask do you think it's because you're asexual (laughs) you didn't immediately think sex with the pizza boy yeah it is it's not insensitive it's true that's 100 percent what happened (laughs) because i definitely am like oh yeah i forgot that's like a huge porn thing (laughs) yep yep of course it is but now, now hearing it from the delivery person's like <laughs> point of view, I'm like, oh, I guess it is very demeaning. Oops. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Fantasy is different than real life. Like that's important, and I think we can all be adults and remember that, right? <laughs> very true. Very, very true. So, since we were talking about slogging through life, should we head off into what I sent you? Mm-hmm. If I remember what you sent me, I took notes this episode. <laughs> uh because i don't know her i know i like quarantine is changing who i am fundamentally at like at the molecular level um mostly because i knew that it was going to be a while between when we read these and when i uh talked to you about them and that has not historically gone well for me so (laughs) (laughs) i was like i'll take notes and it'll be fine so you sent me to you know we didn't really segue super well it's sort of a delayed we, we had a really good segue then we just kind of destroyed it you know. as we usually do yeah correct so this fic that alan sent me is called pizza pizza <laughs> <laughs> by mustache babs which is funny i like that name a lot it is a wicked fanfic wicked. which is why it's a you know, good segue i have never read wicked fanfic but you bet your ass i know every word of that <laughs> musical because i saw it twice in yes. my life and you know listen to it all the time and we definitely sang uh for good in my like high school graduation oh yes <sighs> theater kid <laughs> everyone thought they could hit the high note none of us could hit the high note <laughs> it's a thing so this fic uh the summary it reads Galinda is a pizza delivery person and one of her regular customers presents an opportunity to turn her life around which is short and sweet to the point um, I think it doesn't give it quite, it's like a good summary, but it's not like stellar. Like it doesn't do too much service for, it doesn't like sell it super well, but it is accurate. Like sometimes you get summaries that like aren't necessarily the actual fic that you're about to read. That's like what this is. It is really short. It's what, four chapters, but 3,452 words. So it went by like so fast reading it. And like overall, it was just very like simple kind of silly and i really appreciated that this was uh fem slash i know yeah and i was like shocked to shit that you were the one that sent me fem slash <laughs> and not me to you Listen, no one was more surprised than i was <laughs> no one was more shocked than the gay man in this uh friendship um <laughs> so it's alphaba and galinda which of course makes sense like yeah if you're gonna do wicked then that's that's the ship in terms of fem ships mm-hmm. basically glinda is like a super broke pizza delivery girl which i thought was fascinating Mm -hmm. because if you go back to the musical glinda is like a hyper popular rich girl and just like it just was it was a big kind of shift for me in terms of having her be a little bit on the back foot the whole time when she in the musical is sort of the one who is always um a step ahead right so she's a pizza delivery girl she's like trying to make ends meet she has a regular who is elphaba on wednesdays who orders the same pizza all the time and like 
they sort of like talk to each other and it's a thing but glinda has a shitty housing situation and is trying to figure out um a new place to live and one day she notices that Elphaba has a sign out front that is like oh room for rent and she's like i know this isn't super like professional as a pizza girl but <laughs> i would be very interested in learning more about this potential rental opportunity from you thank you and alphabet's like oh yeah sure so she invites her in and they like have a conversation about you know renting a room and glinda's like that's great i want in dope so they become roommates <laughs> yes and then they were roommates roommates we're just gonna make that joke every single time it's a classic yeah and it goes really well and like the whole fic is really just like her moving in like that's what the fic is Mm -hmm. which is fascinating and let me go back to my notes because what i think i wrote was it's a little fast in the exposition believable enough but the tone is kind of stilted and overly simplistic like it just reads like hello do you have a rental house for me (laughs) yes i do this is great would you like to put your boxes down over here yes that would be great thank you miss miss uh whatever your last name is what's alphabet's last name i forget throp miss throp and it's like oh just don't 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 call me miss throp call me alphabet and then i was like "Mm, okay so it was just a little stilted, but I was like, okay, cool. And as you well know, I live for world building and fix. And this has like none. <laughs> <laughs> this is all like dialogue, which is cool. Yep. Uh, oh, the other note that I made was that the moving stress in this uh, fic, like the secondhand stress I got from her <laughs> having to move was like real. And this author has clearly had to move apartments under duress before. Like 100% has done it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this person has like, has definitely experienced this, which is super funny. It got a little bogged down in the mechanics of what was happening in that regard, where it was like, and then we move the couch, and then we like, have, do we have the space for this, and blah, blah, blah. So it kind of got, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it was that. But it was like very believable. Like, I was like, okay, I like buy this. I'm on board. <laughs> a lot of the side characters make an appearance. Fiero makes an appearance as like Elphaba's friend. Um, Bach, I think, is Glinda's friend. Um, and then it's going along and going along. And then there's a huge time jump. On chapter four so chapters one two and three are basically what i just described and then chapter four the summary of that particular chapter says that this takes place three months into their relationship a year after glinda moves in i have mixed feelings about big time jumps and i wonder how you feel about them because for me i was like i either wanted less of this fic like not this end time jump or i wanted the whole thing because it felt like it just skipped all the good part <laughs> i was like you gave me a bunch of like stilted exposition yeah. and none of the like relationship which is what i wanted out of this experience so i don't know how did you feel about it oh i felt the same way yeah i kind of want like i always hesitate to send things to you and wanting to add the note except the end oh yeah <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. it's like i don't want to detract from your experience and you know yeah i, I also agree i find the time jumps rarely work for me mm-hmm. it's just like i would rather be there for it or i would rather you like just leave it ambiguous like oh like maybe something will happen and like very clearly we as the reader know it will but you don't have to like oh walk us like by the hand and be like okay this happened I'd agree with that. I think that is exactly where I sort of landed with this was like, it almost kind of felt like an outline of a story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like somebody took the outline of the story, added some dialogue and published that instead of like the meat of the story. That said, I think it had a lot of promise as like, if somebody were to take, if the author were to go back to this and like fill in how they get to that end chapter, I would read it. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't bad. Nice. Um, Yeah. I feel like... Oh, and apparently the last chapter is kind of cute, though. They're, like, lounging on the deck. And, and like, Elphaba brings out some water to Glinda or lemonade to Glinda. And they're, like, thank you, Elfie. And it's just, like, very cute. And I was, like, yeah, I definitely, like, want to read this fluff now. Please give me more fluff in this universe. I'm here for it. So I think overall this to me felt like maybe, like, a three out of five. Okay, hey, we'll take it. Yeah, it was like a good start. Um, I think I would have given it more had there been more of the story. Yeah. It probably would have bumped up a little bit. I think the rating style still was a little choppy, but like I could overlook it because it was just kind of kind of sweet and delightful. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's my, my quick and dirty <laughs> uh, pizza <laughs> AU. I'm committed to like trying to keep these episodes shorter now. So yeah, that was great. Yeah. 
So do you want to hop into uh, the Pizza Boy Au I sent you? Uh, yeah, really quick. I just want to like touch base on or talk about the the Wicked one. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I did not give you a chance to like speak at yeah, all. Yeah, you're like, all right, I'm done. I was like, okay, I guess that's <laughs> yep, it. Nope, sorry. <laughs> I'm Great. A giant butthead. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> no, no, it's, just, it's fine. Something I really kind of appreciated about uh, this fic is that. Uh, I was a huge fan of the novel by Gregory Maguire, mm. on which the musical is based, mm-hmm. and I felt like I don't. I'm, I I think this might be more unintentional than actually intentional, <laughs> but the tone that is this is written in it, like it feels very much like oh she said this and then they do this and like getting getting caught up on the minutia. I feel like that's what the novel evoked. Ooh. Like it's been years since I've read it, okay. but it felt very reminiscent of that style, and I was like, huh, you know what? I'm not angry at it. I, I'm like, is it my favorite? No. Um, it's, and it doesn't have near the, the same world building that is in the novel. But it was like a good like homage. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm here for it. I appreciate that information because I never read the novel. Um, it just was, I think it was just too much for me at the time. Like it was one of those books. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, reading the Lord of the Rings books or something like that. Sometimes when you have just like a, like a volume that is so dense, you just don't want to commit to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's basically what happened to me when Wicked was, you know, big and popular. I was just like, I'm not in a headspace to read this book. And then I never went back to it. <laughs> uh, so knowing that it is intentionally or not evocative of the style of the novel is actually kind of interesting. Like, because the it's this is functionally a fan fiction of an adaptation of a source material. Yeah. Because the musical is kind of a type of fan fiction. <laughs> it's fanfic. Yeah. Hot takes. <laughs> yeah. Getting into questions of adaptation is actually fascinating. I took a couple of classes on it in college because I was a theater and film nerd, as I am now. But the question of adaptation versus translation versus just like direct interpretation is always super interesting to me Mm. where it's like what makes a good adaptation and that question totally relates to what makes a good fan fiction wow yeah that is a good point that's some correlation there i hadn't really thought about yeah it literally just occurred to me must have been the kombucha (laughs) (laughs) thank you kombucha yep i mean it makes brain it's good brain juice (laughs) (laughs) drink some more (laughs) <laughs> okay, I drink the brain juice. Oh, man. Incredible. It's actually just that I'm hydrated for the first time all summer. <laughs> Aaron, please. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> uh, okay, so should we go into what you sent me? Yes, especially if you feel that you have been able to say your piece now without <laughs> me just like jamming this thing. Down. I feel bad. <laughs> just like, like, hey, here's my opinion. Not. Goodbye. <laughs> you should not. Absolutely. That's hilarious. Okay. So you sent me a fic on Archive of Our Own called The Pizza King uh, by 65 Writings. It is a Stranger Things uh, fanfic. So let's get like a, a small... Round of applause, everyone. This is a this is an episode with all new fandoms. New we should be proud. Fandoms. Holy Momentous. shit. Have we been sitting on new fandoms? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, so it's a Stranger Things fic between with the pairing of Billy Hargrove and Steve Harrington. Mm-hmm. And the summary reads, Billy Hargrove's got this job. He throws a leaning stack of pizza boxes into the back of the Camaro and drives them to the ungrateful and poor-tipping residents of Hawkins. He resents it in a million different ways for so many different reasons, but if it's good for nothing else, it allows him to see Steve Harrington a few times a week, which is just about the only damn thing he's living for nowadays. Usually it's a wordless exchange of Steve's usual order, however one night, Billy gets this terrible idea and pulls over on the side of the road. From that night on, Hawkins has one less terrible tipper, and Billy Hargrove says much more to Steve Harrington than nothing at all. Dun, dun, dun. So that's one of the, that, this is an interesting summary in that it's like very much a, hi- a hybrid of that thing we always talk about, which is like, oh, it's just like pulled straight from the fic. Like the first half is, and then the very like last sentence is very much like a summary. I was yeah. like, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a way to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do I think it's particularly effective? 
<laughs> like if I if I was like looking on an archive of our own and like what read the summary, I might not have clicked on it. I would have been like, "Ugh, it just seems so long," and I would have kept going, yeah. which is the truth. But I'm glad that I didn't. I'm glad I read this. Mm-hmm. I will start by saying that because I very much enjoyed myself. Yay! I need uh, again the typical disclaimer. I have not seen Stranger Things. Alan, I saw, what I've are seen... you doing in quarantine? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm watching a lot of film. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you pretentious butthead. <laughs> no. It's so true. It is so true. Dislike you immensely. <laughs> Watch garbage TV like the rest of us. Have you not been watching Unsolved Mysteries? Come on. <laughs> no, but on that note, I've been watching this new show called Paranormal Caught on Tape, which is <gasps> like... A- do you know it? Yes, it's trash. <laughs> yes, I'm obsessed. I was turned on to this by a guy I was talking to on Tinder yesterday. <laughs> Holy Jesus. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't work out. But I'm like, hey, at least I got a new show out of it. Sometimes that's all you need out of a Twitter exchange is like a new thing to watch or something else. Like whoever, who cares? Mm-hmm. We cannot like go down this path. But like, yeah, Paranormal Caught on Tape is like prime garbage tv i live for like garbage ghost hunt yes. tv shows Ugh. as you well know from our poltergeist days <laughs> i know everyone is asking when is the where's when is the paranormal Awu episode <laughs> of the pickles happening never we're not allowed to do it it's co- it's a cross copyright issue halloween 2020 <laughs> <laughs> yeah because we're not going to be out of our houses by then that's so true oh uh, too sad too real um yes yeah, so i have not seen stranger things i've seen the first half of the first season so this hurts me. Hey, there's four seasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot and happens think, between <laughs> between. And Billy Hargrove, I believe, doesn't appear until season three? Two. Four? Two. Two. Wait, there's three there's three seasons. They're launching the fourth season. Uh, yeah, oh, the fourth there we season go, there is we coming. Go. I was like, wait a minute, that seems like too much. Because he yeah, no, him and his sister Max come in at season two. Gotcha. There we go. Well, so I definitely have not seen any episodes with Billy Hargrove. But what's new? Yeah, no one is surprised. That's actually kind of unfortunate, though, because the dynamic of Steve and Billy, I think, in the show, I think, was, and Billy as a character in this show is really complicated in mm-hmm. ways that are really informed by the original narrative. He's an asshole, and he's kind of irredeemable, and, like, fan fiction pairing him with Steve is fascinating to me because it is kind of the Draco Harry situation where you have a lot to get through, mm. you know, in order to get to a place of having anything close to a healthy relationship. So I, I don't know how much conversation about that we can actually have if you haven't seen it. Oh, I mean, I f- listen, do you know how many times I've sat through a summary of the magician's entire like series? I think we can handle it. We set the count to zero discussion. for the magicians. <laughs> it's been zero times since we mentioned the magicians. I did not send you a magician's pick. <laughs> That's true. I'm very proud of you. So, yeah. That being said, let's launch into what this story is about. So this the whole story, I'm going to try to bullet point it. Um, so Billy works for a pizza place and basically is miserable with his whole life. Like he is almost despondent. Despondent? Despondent. Despondent. You were right the first time. Despondent. <sighs> Damn. <laughs> Be confident, Alan. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, so he, he like just basically is going through the motions, but he like is not, doesn't really care to live. He's like smoking ridiculous amounts and he like mentions like driving with the windows up while he smokes because he just wants to die faster Mm -hmm. so i felt like this should have had like a content warning of like like supreme listlessness extreme listlessness or something because i was Mm -hmm. like oh man yeah so yeah and apparently he's in love with steve uh which might read better if you have watched the show and see their dynamic but since it was like (laughs) Aaron's making a face. Yeah, I was um, like, oh, this is a complicated. I'm not going to interrupt I cannot you. wait to hear about yeah. this. But since I was reading the fanfic, uh, and as I do with most fanfics, I was like, you know what? Sure. He's in love with him. It <laughs> makes accepted sense. the premise. <laughs> yep. There we go. Accepted the premise. And yeah, basically the only times he like really lives is when he like delivers this pizza to Steve twice a week mm-hmm. at his mansion. And so I was like, oh, good for him. Yeah. His father? Stepfather? Father. Neil? Mm -hmm. even worse Mm -hmm. um his father neil is an abusive piece of shit Mm -hmm. um so there's a lot of mentions of abuse which is unfortunate and very uh, like hard like it makes you it makes my heart ache and i was so sad Mm -hmm. so one day he's delivering us pizza and like i think he's reaching a breaking point he's like something has to change and like one way or the other i just can't keep like balancing on the point of this knife 
and <laughs> literally and basically <laughs> pulls over on the side of the road when he's about to deliver uh, steve's pizza takes out some loose leaf paper from his glove compartment and writes five pages the like the world's longest love letter and then tapes it to the fucking bottom of the pizza box mm-hmm. which is both like in any other fanfic this might have been like really cute and endearing and like will steve find it but in here you're just like oh my god billy no what the fuck are you doing dude yeah. like you just worry for him so immensely mm-hmm. so he gets to steve's and he like hands it over <laughs> and steve takes it from the sides like he always does apparently <laughs> and the tape gives out and so the the fucking like love letter just swings out from underneath <laughs> and steve is like uh <laughs> and billy's like bye gotta go bye <laughs> And it's like this whole thing. So now Billy is like living with uh, a fear of um, what Steve is going to say because Billy was a bully. There's a bully in the show, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, And just treated Steve like shit when they were in high school. And so he's like fully expecting some reciprocation. And I think like two weeks go by without uh, Steve ordering any pizza. And so Billy's like a sad little boy. He's a sad boy. And he's like, oh, no one loves me. (laughs) I mean, yeah. That's functionally what happens. (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) No, you are not wrong. You know, it's a way to put it. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, So one day he's delivering to, like, this apartment, this old, uh, like, ratty apartment that is above a laundromat that, uh, coincidentally, his his family had looked at moving into um before (laughs) and when they were looking at it his dad was like threatening him Mm -hmm. and his mom could hear from the fucking like kitchen and so they moved into a house because apparently the walls were too thin there Mm -hmm. which is so like there's just moments where this fic drops like a fucking bomb and you're like what yeah like there were moments that i just had to stop reading and be like what am i reading i am so sad (laughs) all the time i forget how how gentle of a boy you are i'm a soft boy (laughs) you're such a soft boy and i'm just like yeah i know (laughs) like moving on (laughs) you thrive on this yeah it was like i I told you if i read fluff there's always angst involved (laughs) (laughs) um so then so he he goes to this uh, ratty apartment after remembering that, and turns out Steve lives there now. So Steve is like, "Come in," and they're like talking, and Steve is like, w- "Like, were you pranking me? Were you punking me?" Essentially, and Billy's like, "Nope, I mean it." And Steve is like having trouble like believing that, and Billy like straddles him and is like, "Let me prove it to you." Mm-hmm. Basically, they bang. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh, yeah, okay." Goes from zero to sixty real fucking fast. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then. The next morning, Billy leaves without saying goodbye, like classic one night stand type thing. And then for three weeks, they nothing happens. Like they, Billy keeps delivering pizzas to Steve twice a week, but like like they go the extra mile to make sure they like their fingers don't touch, you know. Mm-hmm. And then one night, uh, Steve orders. Billy goes to deliver, and Steve opens the door like wasted, just like out of his mind. And he, he says, "Oh, where's my drink?" <laughs> and Billy is like, "Um, you didn't." order one and steve says oh so this tall glass of water is on you and it's like oh, oh my god but you want it to be smooth and it just kind of isn't <laughs> it's not basically because of who steve harrington is as a person and also just because he's drunk off his ass yeah. but billy likes it and then it's like wait no because you're drunk like you're drunk and he leaves <laughs> he gets back to the pizza place where his boss is like do you need steve harrington and billy's like oh Steve, Steve, Steve. Oh, yeah, 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 I think I do. Uh, why? And she's like, well, he's ordered three fucking pizzas in, in the last 20 minutes, so go fucking del- and ask that you deliver them, so go. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. So he goes back, and Steve is now much more sober, <laughs> and he's like, hey. Uh, and Billy says, stop. If you order another goddamn pizza, I'm gonna fucking choke you within an inch of your life. Mm-hmm. And Steve says, is that a promise? <laughs> and Billy's like, quirks his eyebrows, so Steve naturally calls for another pizza while he's standing in front of billy and it's like honestly i was like ooh, i was affected (laughs) (laughs) you were floored yes i was floored (laughs) then uh they they proceed to bang like bunnies and thus begins like this whole like kind of relationship where billy will go over every like at the end of his shifts for twice a week after delivering food and they bang like crazy and he leaves in the mornings without saying anything so they have this like understanding where like Billy doesn't want to talk about it, and Steve, like, is just accepting of this. And you come to find out that it's, be- that it's because 
that the reason his stepfather, not his stepfather, I just want to make that, I just want to make that separation, but it's not there. <laughs> not there. You just gotta accept, accept the situation for what it is. So you find out that his father is abusive to him because he found out that he's gay. He was gay. Or he is gay. <laughs> he found out he's gay. And so they moved from California to Hawkins because of it. Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole dynamic where now Billy is like, really anxious but also strangely happy and he doesn't know what to do um and one day he gets a they get an order to the restaurant uh from steve so billy has to go deliver and he's like it's much earlier in the day so he's confused because he's like oh are we not gonna bang today and it's like snowing out a lot Mm -hmm. too so he's like really he's pissy already he gets there and it turns out to uh it turns out that steve is confused he's like what do you and then he's like oh they make they're making you drive in this weather it's crazy and then from behind him you can see that jonathan byers and nancy wheeler are on the couch mm-hmm. and billy's like oh okay goodbye and steve is like no 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 come in <laughs> come in <laughs> so basically forces them to hang out and nancy is like naturally like apprehensive mm-hmm. and then at some point like they're gonna watch the shining and nancy and jonathan are like curled up on the couch and there's more space because they are curled up so steve goes to billy and says hey come sit with me and billy's like huh, no i don't think so and they have this back and forth where steve is like please 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 and billy basically gives in but he's like super scared because he doesn't know what their reaction is gonna be and they have a reaction. Uh, Nancy, like, has a moment where she, like, goes get some more popcorn, I think, to, like, compose herself. And then comes back and is, like, super friendly and, like, really accepting, which is super nice. Mm-hmm. And they finally established that they're in a relationship. Yeah. Like- Steve, is, yeah Steve is like, well, come on. Like, I want them to meet my boyfriend. And he's like, oh, since when am I your boyfriend? And Steve says, since now. <laughs> and after that, it like, the rest of the fic kind of deals with Billy kind of trying to climb out of the hole that he's in in his home life so he's like trying to save up money while he's doing his pizza job to like move out and steve is like hey um so i have a proposition my dad you know needs an assistant to like a smooth talker to close the deals and i think you'd be perfect for that so if you were interested and billy's like uh sure and so that means that he's gonna meet steve's parents and there's this like really sweet like like they're progressing and then the last bit of the fic is a time jump Mm-hmm. Again with the time jumps, yeah. Yeah, it's a very time ju- time jump heavy um, episode, mm-hmm. and they're like living in California again. The sky is bright blue, and like they dress nice, and they're like rich and in love, and they sit on the porch, and it's so sweet. Um, and that's the end of the fic. Yeah. So my my first impression of this was it reminded me a lot of The Catcher in the Rye, which is hilarious because it's one of the books that Billy reads in the in the middle. Huh. Um. Yeah, it's it it has if if you remember from the Catcher in the Rye, it has this uh, the main character Holden, like he doesn't really care about life. He's just going through the motions, and it's that whole thing of like trying to grow up and not knowing your place in the world, mm-hmm. um, which is not what I think Billy has. I think to an extent it is, but it's also more of a place of like I he can't accept himself because he has been ostracized by his father. He's being abused by his father. And so that mm-hmm. lashes out in different ways. I'm speaking from strictly the <laughs> the fic again. I have not seen Stranger Things, so I don't know how that relates to the narrative of his character. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was very interested by that. Um, the other thing it like it strongly reminded me of, there's a whole subsection of queer, like gay cinema that emerged around the 80s and 90s that feels very like this it's like you know wandering gays that aren't accepted by society trying to like in a lot of internalized homophobia and the one kind of thing that they all have in common is that they all end in tragedy like the gay character always dies because that was really the only way that gay men were perceived during the 80s and 90s yeah i wonder why that might have been yeah strange who knows hmm. um stranger things have happened <laughs> oh my god i, I hate, hate you. i will see myself out <laughs> <laughs> um so that's the that was the vibe i got from the first like two-thirds of this fic and so the whole time aaron i was on the edge of my goddamn seat like oh my god they're gonna kill him like his dad's gonna find out and he's gonna kill bill and, like i'm gonna, i was ready to be devastated and then it didn't <laughs> come it was like oh literally the time jump threw me so off i'm i almost felt like it like i agree this is one of those moments where i really wish that there wasn't this time job like it should have ended before mm-hmm. like it's nice because it gave me that sense of closure like oh they're happy like they've made it thank god but also is very like 
the disparity between that and like the beginning of the fic is so big. I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. shook. So yeah, I do. It's an interesting thing where I think that the beginning of the of the fic is stronger than the end, Mm -hmm. and it like progresses in that direction. Like I just feel like the tone shifted so much that it became something else entirely. Which if that's what the author was going for, kudos, nailed it. But it was a little. It was. I don't want to say off putting, but I was a little like, okay, like trying to wrap my head around it. There is a quote in it (laughs) that I wrote down because I was like, this feels it it summed up exactly how I felt about reading this and it's important to know that when I say the word mourning I'm talking about like mourning for the dead everything feels like mourning but gilded with gold hmm. and that's kind of what this fic felt like because the whole time I had this like deep sense of impending doom but it was beautifully written like the prose is wonderful mm-hmm. and then it has these like moments where between steve and Billia that are just so soft and beautiful and i wonder also how much of this is coming from my experience as a gay man growing up in the 90s where all the media i consumed about being gay was this kind of tone mm-hmm. like if it did it trigger some sort of ptsd that i was like ah no for sure i mean that makes sense i mean the real i mean as we well know from shows that will not be named uh <laughs> the threat of barrier gaze is constant right like there's mm-hmm. we at this point we've been conditioned to expect that gay characters will not survive the narrative yeah like it's a shock when they do um let alone if they have a chance at actually coming out the other side somewhat happy so i think it makes sense that your brain automatically was like oh cool i sense a pattern here <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fascinating that you compare it to Catcher in the Rye, mostly because um, I have never read Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> Aaron. I know. Um, which is one of those things where I'm like, uh, <laughs> I but I also don't feel like it, um, so I'm not going to. It doesn't read as well when you're an adult, unfortunately. I'm not surprised by that. I feel like that happens to a lot of, like, quote-unquote, great American classics that you have to read in, like, English class as a child. Um <laughs> I think there's so much context from the show that you're missing that is unfortunate because I think so I think all you really need to know for the purposes of this and I don't want to completely spoil the series for you Billy is not a good person like Mm -hmm. he's just not you understand why he is the way he is and the abuse happens in the show it happens on screen Mm -hmm. like you know that that is what's happening but he perpetuates that cycle of abuse in a way that makes him responsible for his actions in a way that like he is very abusive to max he is racist against her friend Mm. um he intentionally terrorizes the kids like and he's not redeemed like (laughs) there is no moment of redemption like what I thought they were going to do heading into season three was have some kind of redemption arc for him, which I thought was going to be really complicated to do well because he, he certainly to me read as queer coded. Um, Mm. He, you know, the show, as you all know, is set in sort of the mid to late eighties. It was the era of, you know, sort of glam rock, hard rock, metal, like thrasher Mm -hmm. metal, that kind of stuff was all really, really picking up so like this is the like heyday of something like metallica or whatever and he is very much of that aesthetic like he you know perms his hair and he like you know it's huge and filled with hairspray and he wears skin tight jeans and you know a leather jacket and he's just like a prick he drives a camaro which is like the 80s bad boy thing but he's you know misogynistic and he's just a jerk um so i think there's been a fandom trend to exploring what a queer or closeted billy would look like and Mm -hmm. because of that coding but that's not at all what the show did with him and because of that i think it can be it can be difficult to have just sort of like plain old sweet (laughs) you know (laughs) stories with him because you have to reckon with a lot of the damage that he caused and really right he beats the shit out of steve multiple times like almost beats him to death at one point and that if you don't address that in fic it can be a little tricky um Mm -hmm. and i i am not someone who demands you know purity from their their (laughs) fan fiction because i think that that way lies censorship and a lot of problems right but i i do recognize that like Billy's not a good, a good person. Um, no. So it becomes this really complicated dynamic. So what I liked about this fic is that it is very much in that camp of like, well, what if Billy were queer and that were the reason mm-hmm. for what happens to him? And what if he had to reckon with that in some way? 
and you know steve is <laughs> the 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 pairing that i go for with that and like i think i i just think it's real there's a real rich soil to like draw from in terms of yeah. just like potential for growth there does this always live up to like everything i want out of that no like doing a redemption arc well is really hard i don't even th- think this fic was giving a shit about a redemption arc i was gonna say because uh, this one doesn't this one doesn't have a redemption arc no. this is very much like oh we forgive you and if it's really as bad as you say it is as it sounds then uh <laughs> it is i mean that's the thing like it totally colors your reading of this pairing mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's really interesting to hear you discuss it without any of that context because i think when you discuss it in context of the show it becomes very different wow I think this fic stands on its own for being well written, and I think it is it is a good story. Mm-hmm. I just I the, the it's kind of for me like with the magicians, it always comes with a caveat, right? Like yeah. there's always that context so informs the reading of the material that you're looking at and the adaptation of the material that you're reading. Like without the original context, it just reads different so yeah i think that is and that's real a really interesting point to make about reading fan fiction in general is that like a lot of a lot of fix will stand on the merits of their narrative that mm-hmm. they have created and like the situations and like the dialogue and how it's written like this one did for me and then you have like all of this different like this rich layer mm-hmm. from which to draw like motives and all of that subtext that you wouldn't get in regular fiction yeah if you have seen like if you know what the the show did with them or the the original source material did with them and it's so fascinating and it's like ah so good one of the reasons i love fan fiction yeah it's like metadata almost yes it's like an extra layer of information i also think i think this fic was written in between season two and season three which is i was gonna say also yeah. important because i think a lot of people thought they might they were gonna take billy in a very yeah, they different were hoping direction for something yeah yeah so i think that comes from that and like i think it, we've had this conversation with a lot of people and like i was very in the camp of like okay but billy could become this really interesting redeemed character they could go on a really interesting redemption arc with him and then a lot of other people were like do you really want them to show a like racist misogynistic horrific character as like a closeted queer man Mm -hmm. uh and that's a fair point but i was like yeah but yeah but it's also interesting to think like it's something to think about the context in which that character is brought up and Mm -hmm. like that's a very real thing Mm -hmm. so would i appreciate a like more openly like gay man who is like confident in who he is and like fights for equality and like women's rights yeah obviously but like in the time it just makes sense that it wouldn't be that it wouldn't be authentic to the like the like the era in which this is set that and like the setting that he grew up in and oh yeah exactly yeah and the like context of you know even in living in california moving to a small town in the middle of america in the 80s Mm -hmm. and coming up against that and like the culture of you know, particularly rock music <laughs> is not known yeah. for being particularly in the 80s, which was a lot of drugs and a lot of alcohol and a lot of let's let's say not great treatment of women <laughs> mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Like all of that context swirls together into this this conversation about what causes Billy to be the person that he is. And that all comes into play i think for me when i'm reading it because i have the context of it right right and i am not going to talk about it any further because i really want you to watch this fucking show so i'm not gonna lie to you Aaron. it is low on the list (laughs) this hurts me i'm so sorry you wound me deeply um would you care to rate this fan fiction oh i would indeed one to five as we as we often do (laughs) as one does yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was greatly affected by it in a very, very interesting way, in a way that I feel like I don't always get affected by fan fiction. So that was a very interesting experience. I would give this a four out of five. Very well written, like narratively strong uh, in what it wanted to achieve. The ending to me is still a little like not the best. It feels to me like we were really excited about writing this and we wrote like a beautiful beginning and then middle and then somewhere towards the end we realized we don't know how to end this and so we're just like there we go which like that that's fair that happens that's fair absolutely <laughs> like cool not Get a it. fault at all yep 
totally valid all right so i guess that's the end thank you guys for coming to the episode um make sure you subscribe and you leave a tweets and yeah i was like um (laughs) excuse me we have a third fan fiction to talk about (gasps) i was like how long is he gonna go with this bit (laughs) listen as long as like i was waiting for you to cut in at any point i had to like Aaron, come on. I was waiting for a cue. I did not. I did not get one. So um, I guess it is hard for you to see from behind my microphone. Yeah, I didn't want to jump your line. Anyway, um, <laughs> we have a third out to read. Um, question: Did you know anything about this show before you read this? Um, no. <laughs> same. No, hard same. I had no fucking clue. So the pizza boy au that sparked this episode that was sent to us by the lovely lovely caitlin is called pizza and a movie by closer and it is in the suits fandom um <laughs> i wikipedia it <laughs> same 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 I was like i'm not watching this thing i'm not gonna it has like, nine seasons you wouldn't be able to i was like this is entirely too much to try to watch so i just like read all the wikipedia articles about it and i was like okay so lawyers i guess <laughs> and then i just like read the fic and called it a day <laughs> you did more than i did i literally googled the premise i was like oh lawyers yeah great <laughs> and then done cool i know that there are characters in the show that people really wanted to get together who did i think it's like donna and harvey or something are the ship that everybody really wanted uh... and it happened maybe Maybe, but like I could be wrong because I don't go here. But like, <laughs> I don't know. This fic is between Mike Ross and Harvey Specter, who could frankly be anyone. <laughs> I don't know. Karen. <laughs> like, what a good time. Do you want to read the summary? <laughs> sure, I would love to. So we should mention this is an archive of our own. Yes, it is. And the summary says In an alternate universe, Harvey's still a lawyer, but Mike's not a pot runner. He's a delivery man for Rolo's Pizza and Ribs, which happens to be Harvey's favorite pizza place. Once Harvey finds out his pizza guy is a genius, Mike's life takes a few turns he would not have expected. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 yes. The other thing that I think is interesting, and I think we might have touched on this before, but not in any sort of like depth or detail, is that this comes from a prompt in a kink meme. Yeah, I was literally about to say, I, I, I didn't see that. I'm just now clicking on it to see what the prompt was. Yeah. Do you know what a kink meme is? No, okay. <laughs> but I assume it is a meme revolving around kinks. Kind of. So mm-hmm. it's kind of an old school fan fiction prompt thing where a lot of different fandoms, if you became more established and like a show had a significant enough following, you would develop basically like a running thread of prompts and there would be different types of memes. So there was like always, usually a kink meme, very often an angst meme sometimes a fluff meme but like kink is obviously going to be the one that's like the most popular and so people would put imagines or like prompts for stories on this one long thread and from there fanfic writers would like take the fill the prompt so they would take the thing and just like write the story that somebody had imagined or take you know whatever inspiration it was and write the fic so that definitely comes from a more a sort of like pre-archive of our own model of mm-hmm, fic mm-hmm. sharing and fic writing. It also, I think, I don't know for sure, but I, I get the sense that that is where some of the tagging for archive of our own comes from because mm. particularly with kink memes, because you're often dealing with very like graphic things, like, you know, all kinds of things, not just sexual, but like sometimes there would be abuse, there would be, it, there, there were no big sort of like hard nose but you had to tag what you were writing and you had to be really clear about what was in the thing that you were either requesting or writing i think that might be where the impetus for the like super organized tagging system came from for archive of our own because there are like you will get deleted from the the kink meme if you don't tag appropriately hmm. like moderators would tell you that you were you fucked up <laughs> um and they'd be like you have to tag this you have to tag this so going back to the kink meme prompt days was very much a like oh wow okay cool <laughs> like my teenage fan fiction experience just like smacked me in the face where i was like oh yeah i remember <laughs> reading threads of fix that were literally like fill part 1a and then like you'd hit the character limit and then they'd like fill in the next they'd like post and post and post and post this like whole thick down the line it was like bananas incredible so yeah i think people still use it mostly as like a prompt yeah area like arena they don't sometimes people fill them small on there but 
it's fascinating to me to see it still being used and it's cool that they exist for like every show like that's kind of what's interesting about it is like i definitely spent a lot of time in the glee kink meme (laughs) we don't have to talk about it (laughs) i love it yeah but there's usually one for every major fandom we should that was like that's a little that's my contribution to fandom history with Aaron for this episode what a rich history fanfic has yeah it's like crazy how how it evolves and changes over time and all that so how do we tackle this who gives the summary um I'm usually faster with summary (laughs) that is not true (laughs) ma'am you were faster today and then you and I fluctuate with how fast the summaries are I don't care for your facts sir (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't like them they don't want them i mean i don't know like there's almost a piece of me that wants to just read the prompt because the prompt is like yeah. very much the story let people go just read the story on their own not necessarily summarize it in detail and then just like talk about sure. it. sure does that work okay all right so the prompt that it's based on says harvey's still a lawyer but mike's the pizza delivery boy for harvey's favorite pizza place mike's seen harvey in almost all states of dress slash undress because harvey calls him calls on him at all times when he's with various one night stands they have this fun quirky little friendship where they quote movies to each other maybe make recommendations for what to see i think it'd be cool if mike recommended something that wasn't even out yet and he'd get twitchy thinking that harvey would tell on him for having it illegally but harvey just asks if he can borrow it then IDK, Mike's always telling Harvey he needs to try the stuffed crust pizza, and Harvey goes on that he's not a child. I just really want to see them reach the point where the leggy blondes who Harvey takes home joke and tease that he flirts more with the pizza boy than he did with them, and they all just assume Harvey and Mike are sleeping together and are in some kind of open relationship. Harvey starts inviting Mike in at the end of his shift to watch baseball matches or whatever, and I just want fluffiness. Maybe it can end with porn? I don't even mind. I just want them being really awesome friends. <laughs> this became a lot more about uh like romantic relationship yeah. that prompt would would suggest i would say that's the main deviation there is that it, like they were not friends <laughs> they were boyfriends <laughs> i mean they were friends that were dating and didn't realize it or one of them didn't yeah oh 100 100 percent. i like most of my notes are oh they like each other oh a slow build oh they like each other so much yeah. <laughs> one of my notes is oh a tiff which means they probably fought at some point I yeah they know. did they did <laughs> Yeah, they they basically slowly develop a very close relationship, and that translates to, you know, being together towards the end of the fic, which the prompt doesn't really ask for, but right. I thought it was and great. Like, and I would think that I think that the major plot point here also is that Mike's grandmother's in the hospital and like needs better care, and he can't afford it, and he's like bitching or like not bitching he's like um very emotionally <laughs> a woman is dying alan <laughs> he's, he very emotionally is like pouring his emotions out to harvey one day like because he doesn't know what to do and harvey's like well you have photographic memories so you can become like a legal consultant etc and basically gets him a job with his company and like saves the day and mike is trying to like feel at ease with this whole um being worth more than just a pot dealer which i assume a good portion of it is from the show. I don't know. I haven't seen it. From the Wikipedia read I did, um, he gets kind of plucked by Harvey uh, because of his photographic memory, but he's a pot dealer at the mm-hmm. time. The way that this story deals with that instead is that he, his ex-boyfriend was a pot dealer and there was a bad situation that really scared him off of that track. So now he- They weren't like, dating. It was just a friend. Or friend. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, His friend was a pot dealer and got caught up in a bad situation and died. Mm-hmm. And that really scared him off of that track. And uh, so he's been, you know, slinging pizzas instead yeah. or whatever. But, like, clearly just, like, punching below his weight intellectually. And uh, Harvey plucks him from that instead. Yeah. And my understanding of the show is that he basically isn't qualified for the job that he has Mm -hmm. like he does not have a jd or whatever it is that he needs to be doing the work that he's doing right so that is one of the major secrets kept early on in the series and like certain people start to find out and like that's that's like one of the big pieces of drama interesting that as makes far sense. as far as I know, um, that could be wrong. Don't come for me. Spoiler: In the fic, it's not a huge deal. Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, just take your bar fun. exam. 
you'll be good. Yeah, well, everyone's like, all right, you can't get your like your prostitute boyfriend a job here just because you like him. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which I was like, like, yes. I was like, yeah, that's hilarious. That's actually super funny. One of my notes is, uh, Caitlin understands my fanfic needs, LOL. Dude, same. I had the same thought. I also read this right after I read the, the Pizza King. So I was in a very like moody place. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading this. I was like, oh, it's 30,000 words. Caitlin, be gentle with me. And she was. Caitlin like understood my needs. I was like, wow. I feel like Caitlin has found the perfect like in between Aaron and I fic. Like it would just fit so perfectly in the middle. She's so good. I loved it. It was such, it was, I had a, a great time. It was very fun. Yeah. My final note was, okay, this was delightful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Even, like, I had little nitpicky moments. Like, I think at one point I was like, there's an interesting power dynamic at play here. I don't think it gets resolved. And then I was like, I kind of don't care. <laughs> yep, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Well, because, like, Harvey solves a lot of Mike's problems. Yeah. And, like, there's a power dynamic there. But I was like, uh, like, it's not egregious enough that it bothered me. It was like, oh, you believe that Harvey just wants to help. So, like, cool. Whatever. It was just, like, super fun. And, like... I really enjoyed it. It wasn't nearly as porny as I thought it was going to be because when I... I know. What yeah, the heck? Because there's a piece of me that like... I know Caitlin was very much like, I love Pizza Boy I use because <laughs> they always end up being smutty. And I was like, God bless <laughs> Yes. But this was like not smutty basically at all until like the end. Like, I mean, yeah, there's like mentions of sex throughout the whole thing, but they mm-hmm. don't really like... And the smut is like a hand job, So yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, okay. There was a line towards the end that I like wrote down because it was funny, which was... Quote, at some point, end quote, he told the top of Harvey's head, quote, we are actually going to have sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Speaking of quotes, I wrote two that I loved from this fic. One that I thought was for sure going to be like the total thesis of this, of the story. Mm -hmm. And that was when everyone kept calling. Oh, so one of Harvey's like old flames came to came to mike and told him basically stay away because she was jealous and called him a twink with a pizza box i wrote that down too (laughs) i couldn't remember the context so i couldn't bring it up but i did write twink with a pizza box (laughs) i died love it we love a twink with a pizza box we live oh so good that was so funny and then at the very end is uh harvey basically reveals his feelings for mike and mike is like uh i don't know there's a lot of like there's a lot of things we're like have to navigate between like you know me thinking that you didn't just hire me because you wanted to get in my pants and you feeling that i'm not trying to repay you for the job by sleeping with you yeah and harvey says uh, i like to have a plan then mike responds oh what your plan only got as far as seduce the pizza pizza boy <laughs> yeah brilliant i think i also wrote a note towards the end of my notes that says yes honest communication <laughs> so clearly they resolved it to some degree of success i just don't remember how they did it <laughs> yeah i agree i think that they were just very open and honest the entire time yeah. it was really well done i had a really good time yep me too it was and guess what aaron this ends with a time jump, goddammit. I know, it does, it does. A three and a half year time jump. And I was like, what on God's green earth is happening here? You know, I didn't pay attention in the moment, didn't make note of this until right now. And now I'm like, Erin, dear child, how did you miss this? <laughs> but I did. <laughs> I was shook. And basically, yeah, the time jump is basically like the dean of Harvard has heard of his accomplishments and is like, oh, you only have one more semester of like law school. Why don't you transfer to Harvard, do your last semester here, and then you can be hired by the company because the company only hires Harvard grads. And I wonder if that's from the show because that seems like very much like. Oh, something. yeah, very specialized. Yeah, I was like, that's a really specific scenario. And I feel like it, it, I don't I, I haven't seen the show, so I don't know. But there was something about it that read like somebody translating canon into fan fiction in this episode, like epilogue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's what happened to the show and that was why it happened. I think this was of the time jumps the most well done. Oh, agreed. Yeah, it didn't feel out of place at all. It felt like, okay, no, this is like a realistic thing that probably would happen. And it was also still like really in fitting with the tone and like the characters still yeah. like, spoke similarly and like... Yeah, it didn't, like, lose anything. Because you know what this is, Aaron? This is not... Uh, it is a time jump, but it's not a time jump as an ending. It's a time jump as an epilogue. Yeah. And that's a different beast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what the other crazy thing is? This was completed in 2011. Holy shit. I didn't even read that. Nine years Ooh. ago. And I feel like this fic... Like, sometimes fics, you can tell, are of their time. Because, like, they like don't necessarily age well. Especially yeah. with the advances in technology. But this one, like, just now I'm noticing and I was like, oh, shit. I did not for a moment stop and think about that. I mean, they do talk about the second reboot Star Trek movie, which I guess should have been like a like a hint. But oh, 
Yeah, it didn't occur to me. Because I haven't seen that either, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that could have happened at any time. Can I also say I am obsessed with the, with the prompt? I, I was dearly hoping that it was a, a show thing, but I guess not, since it's mentioned in the prompt, about them quipping movie quotes back at like each other. Yeah. I love for that cute shit. Someone who actually watches a show, please confirm that that's a show thing, because I want it to be so badly, but like <laughs> I'm not willing to watch the show to find out. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, please keep... Oh, and also let me know if um, Lewis and Kyle are assholes in the show. Oh, yeah. Those two... Like, Lewis is an asshole, Kyle's a moron. Which, like, yeah, cool. (laughs) I (laughs) want to know if that characterization tracks. And I want to know about the grandmother. Is the grandmother a key character in the show? I'm pretty sure. actually sick? That I'm pretty sure is legit. I'm pretty sure that's canon. no. Yeah. I think... What happens in this show? Do you care if I spoil it from my little Wikipedia? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> You're like, no, sweetie, I do not care. I think what happens is she, like, she's sick the whole, like, first couple seasons and, like, halfway through the run of the show, she actually does die. <gasps> Sorry. Grandma. Sorry, Grandma. So, oh. I think, I could be, I could be misremembering, but I think that was what I read. Um, but he definitely, like, was supporting her. Like, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. That was, like, a premise. Wow. Now I'm sad. I know sorry <laughs> here's my question for you we have like two options for rating here uh-huh option one is we both offer a rating and then it averages out between the two. Oh yeah or we have to agree on a rating oh we should definitely not agree we you will never you will never give ever in your life you will never like if you if you feel so strongly about something you'd be like you're wrong <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just how I am as a person. It's almost like you know me <laughs> as like a person in life. I also am going to be so amused if we ever have one of these things, like another shared uh, fic reading where you just despise it and I love it. So the rating, like you rated a one and I rated a five and it ends up averaging a three and you're just going to be so upset. I'm like, that's incorrect. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, again, dislike your facts. <laughs> I hate them. Uh, okay, so what is your rating for this fic? I would give it a 4.5. Very enjoyable. I will, ap- this is a, like, usually I say like, oh, I'll, I'll come back to this eventually. And that's true. Like every now and then I'll get in the mood for a fic I've read and I'll reread it. I think this is a fic that I'll probably get a hankering for a lot sooner than some of the other ones we've read. Mm-hmm. It was so up my alley. It was so funny. It was touching at moments. It was dealt with everything well it was also such a rich universe in a way that was not intimidating where i was like oh i don't really understand what's happening like it entered it was like you could almost take this as an alternate season one mm-hmm. of suits and i would believe it yep no i totally agree i the number i had in my head for rating this was four mm. which for me is high <laughs> i know this. oh yeah <laughs> um but everything that you just said i absolutely agree with i think you're totally right and i really love that it was accessible and still enjoyable without much, if any, fandom knowledge. Like, I didn't have to know too, too much to still enjoy the story. Exactly. But it would have only been made better by knowing the story. Exactly. Which is really cool and, like, hard to pull off, even in the best of fan fictions. Like, <laughs> I don't know that that's even a metric by which to judge fanfic, but I enjoyed that this particular scenario, that worked out super well. Mm-hmm. And the writing style was just so well done. Like, it read so smoothly and yeah. I, I really sometimes I get you know sometimes and we talk about this a lot like it's really hard to write dialogue well but it can also be really hard to write prose if you are someone who is more drawn to dialogue mm-hmm. I thought both of them held equal weight in terms of skill so I wasn't sitting there being like okay the dialogue in this is really dumb or whatever it is like yeah I just thought the whole thing was just really well done it felt organic mm-hmm and there was a consistency of it that was really interesting. It felt I felt like a really well thought out plot too. Mm-hmm. Like it felt paced well, and just in general, I think it was really successful. Agreed. The only kind of and it's not necessarily a knock on the on the author. It's probably just because I'm not I'm not the brightest when it comes to law stuff. <laughs> when Mike is finally working in, at the law firm and like consulting, they like talk about all these cases that they're working on, and I was like. Well, I understand exactly zero of what's happening, (laughs) and I don't understand how high the stakes are. That's fair. I don't understand either, but I just pretended that I got it and moved on. (laughs) It's like, it's cool. Us theater nerds know jack shit about (laughs) any of this stuff. So then, does this mean we average out to 4.25? Mm-hmm. 
I dig it. It's one of the highest rated picks of this episode. <laughs> that is like, not true. Series. We've had, no, in my, like, I've rated quite a few fives. Yeah. Well, I've gotten, I've given you the fives because I have impeccable taste. <laughs> oh, if you could see the look on his face, y'all. Oh, if you could see it. <laughs> that or I just have, you know, realistic expectations. <laughs> I don't want you to speak the truth because it reflects poorly on me as a person. <laughs> But that was so delightful, Caitlin. Thank you so much for sending that in. It was like, honestly, like a perfect, like it was a perfect like weekend treat for me. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a reminder to our listeners that if you want to send us a fan fiction to read, we, and by reminder, I mean, hello, this is the first time we've done this, but whatever. (laughs) If you want to send us a fan fiction to read, be it yours or somebody that you just really love, like whatever, please check out our Twitter. There is a Google form that I will repost um, to like the top of the page when this episode airs so that way you can just submit a google form completely anonymously if that's what you'd prefer because this has been super fun and i want to do this more because like being forced out of our comfort zone has been delightful so make sure to check us out on social media uh twitter tumblr whatever send us recommendations because this is this is super fun there's also something very delightful about being able to chat with Erin about something and not be nervous about how badly she hated my pick or to know how fucking (laughs) gloating like how like how much she's gonna glow when i give it a five. Oh my god okay well <laughs> just because something is true doesn't mean you have to say it for the record <laughs> alan alan like, there's a lot of truth bumps i just feel like i, I came here to have a good time <laughs> i'm feeling very attacked right now uh future alan when we post this can we title this uh time jumps and truth bombs <laughs> You're like, please remember to titles. I'm going to cut it from the episode (laughs) just to spite you so that way you have to remember that that's what you said because that's what happens when you drop a bunch of truth bombs on your friend who has all the editing power. (laughs) You're going to sound awful this episode. (laughs) Oh, man, it's so true. (laughs) Uh, Anywho. And with that, I think... I think we are we are at the end of our episode. Yeah, we're at the end of our ropes. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that too, but more immediate is the end of this episode. So as Aaron mentioned, please make sure to follow us on social media, uh, interact, send us your your fix. We would love to read it. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram. We are now on Podchaser, which is dope. I don't know what Podchaser is, but it was free, so I signed us up. <laughs> They're actually really cool. They're just like a collection of podcasts. But like podcasts they just like pull the feeds and whatever there are lots of ways you can get in contact with us you can follow along with what we're reading um on a google doc that i make because this is who i am as a person where i give you all the links to all the things that we read um there is that google form that i was mentioning earlier if you really feel like emailing us we do have an email address and it's called the at gmail.com I don't know why you would need to email us. Maybe you want to sponsor us. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing it out there. That'd be cool. Please leave us like a rating or a review somewhere because like we only have one and it's from our really good friend Katie who is not Caitlin (laughs) but (laughs) is again one of very few people who actively listen to this podcast and she was real nice and left us a review. So thank you, Katie. Please other people maybe just say, you know, not bad <laughs> or something it also make it also helps to like reach other people who might need like a safe space to talk about fandom and fan fiction that's the much more serious way of asking alan was being more sincere than i was do your part you know yeah like support your local indie podcaster because boy do we have nothing else going on right now <laughs> <laughs> and on that cheerful note we will see you guys next time bye